Hi, and welcome back to the Gula Malaka podcast. Thank you for joining me here today in this episode. Um, today is going to be about content creating and kind of an overview of how it's been like for me the past year. Currently, Agent P is sniffing around my desk, so you might hear some of her sounds of her moving around. She just woke up from a nap, so she's pretty active right now and trying to cause some mischief. Um, I think she's currently swiping something off my shelf right now as we speak. (laughs) Oh well, that's just the life of a cat, I guess. Okay, so let's just get back to the whole content creating thing. Um, Just to give a brief history of my journey, I started making videos on YouTube back in June 2020, um, just kind of as a side project, a side interest. I don't know that I've always wanted to have a YouTube channel. I just toyed with the idea. I didn't really grow up thinking I wanted to be famous. I didn't really want to be famous. Um, I think at that point, I just really wanted an outlet to express my thoughts and to just carve a space out for myself somehow and that kind of propelled me to make a lot of content um, just talking about my feelings and my thoughts and also sharing books because I've always been sharing books on my own personal pages for like the longest time but it was really really casual and really random but why I would start doing things a bit more formally I guess I just really wanted a bit more structure to my day everyone knows 2020 was such a bad year in all senses yeah we just lost a lot of routine and i am someone that does actually need a bit of routine um not saying that i do need like a super structure to thrive in but i definitely really enjoy the rhythm of making something um out of my life every week and uploading that somewhere where i could kind of see some feedback and to get into the whole habit of things so that was a super interesting fun time for me i actually did a lot of video editing and production when i was younger as a student so it was always a hobby of mine um and agent p is currently (laughs) biting my shoulder right now are you are you hungry for some reason it's not her it's not her dinner time yet so she is throwing a bit of attention right now but uh we'll go ahead So today I just wanted to talk a bit more about how the journey has been like specifically in the year of 2021. So this was the year that I really saw much more of my content taking off. And I just want to say this to anyone who might want to do content that um, it's going to take a long time. I do think I reached my goals uh, relatively fast as compared to the average journey that a lot of people take. Um, when you watch a lot of stuff online or you go on these on, on all these platforms, you might think that it took a really short time for all these people to reach such a huge following or to have that much content put out, like them making videos every day. But honestly, a lot of the top creators that you probably love and enjoy, um, they probably took a lot of time to get to where they are, even if they've only been posting for like less than a year or so. They probably have had a lot of experiences prior to starting a YouTube channel that has really helped them in making sure that their content, you know, works. And I guess that's something that we don't really talk about uh, in terms of what we do on this end of making stuff for you all to watch. I honestly didn't expect anything out of my content for like the longest time. 
I was doing pretty well for myself. I mean, I really was quite satisfied with my videos. I liked what I was talking about. And I didn't expect to reach like 5k subs in the year at all. Um, to give you a time frame, I reached like 100 subs in January of 2021, like in the first month of 2021, and I was ecstatic. I was so excited. Um, on average, I would get like less than 10 views a day. So that was a really interesting experience to see my sub count reach 100. And most of those subs came from the recommendation of Khadija, um, who has been making a lot of video essays and her channel really exploded in the past year or two. And because of her mention of my channel on her channel, I think that pushed me up to 100 subs. And I think because of that, I reached like 150 or 200 subs like really quickly in the week after that, which was surprising to me because I spent an entire year reaching 100 subs. Not entire, I mean, I spent about six months <laughs> reaching 100 subs. And then within a week, I doubled that sub count, which really goes to show that it's really unpredictable um, in terms of trying to build a channel and trying to build a following online. It's really sporadic and it really depends on how you're how the internet perceives you because if Khadija didn't see my videos, if she didn't respond to my comments, uh, she probably would have never really reached my videos organically uh, and then recommend my videos to her audience. So a lot of these things are like, you have to put action into a lot of different areas and you can't expect any returns for any of these things, which is really frustrating. Um, because I think a lot of us do prefer something that's a bit more uh, stable or something that's a bit more predictable. But I think for me, uh, the fun was really just pushing stuff out, like um, trying to figure out what I wanted to create. I think that was the most challenging but the most fulfilling part of doing stuff online. Uh, of course, the public reception was a bit hard for me to handle. I was kind of struggling with the whole difference between being online but also being like a real person being perceived in real life uh, i'm still going through that i still haven't really figured out how to settle into that weird um spot liminal area but i am still here and i think i will be taking more time to figure that out in the coming year so again i started in January with like 100 subs, it doubled over the month um, and then I was in a very comfortable spot in around like 500 to like 900 subs. That was the longest period for me. So I think up till June, I was around that number, like 500 to, to 900. That was the <laughs> window that I spent the longest on. And I think every month I grew by 100 subs around there. Um, and then I made a video on I don't dream on, of labor. That was the video that I made that really propelled my channel to much greater heights, to heights that I didn't really expect at all. Um, yes, I made that video without any expectation because it was one of my first few videos where I rambled more. It was more of a commentary. Previously, I was just doing strictly booktube videos. So I'll talk about books and I'll talk about my thoughts on them and my recommendations. I did do some rambly tangential videos before and I thought this would be just another tangential video. There were so many people that were doing videos on the same trend so I thought no one would watch my video because you know I'm just some small channel in a small country that 
no one might pay any attention to uh, but I'm really glad that my video was pushed up in the recommendations and that people so many people watched my videos although I still think a lot of people were not aware that I was making all these perspectives I was explaining all these perspectives from a Singaporean perspective um, from where I grew up so a lot of people still thought that I was speaking in an American context which is unfortunate because most of the internet just kind of assumes you're operating from an American standpoint uh, so that was the pity but uh, because of that video I think my channel pretty much hit like 5k in a couple of weeks so coming from 500 to 900 subs and then hitting 1k and then I was hitting 5k in like the month the two months after I uploaded that video. Uh, so by around July 2021, I had around 5k subs on my channel, which is pretty funny because I uploaded a Q&A video uh, celebrating my 1k subs. And at that time, my channel count was already 5k. So when I uploaded a 1k celebration video, <laughs> people were commenting that I was already at 5k <laughs> and that it should have been my 5k Q&A celebration but anyway <laughs> that is the trajectory and currently where I'm at I'm at 18k subs at the end of 2021 starting of 2022 um, almost reaching 20k soon I think uh, which is really crazy for me because I really never ever ever thought that I would reach this number by 2022 I my goals for myself was just to was just to just enjoy making content and to just do this for the long term i just wanted to make sure that i was consistent because you know nowadays it's so hard to commit to anything i have huge doubts about my commitment levels uh, but seeing how i was able to commit to my channel for the past year and a half gave me a lot of comfort that you know i i think i still have some semblance of commitment and endurance left in me and i guess a lot of persistence as well yeah uh, that was great for me. So let's talk a little bit more about the stats on my channel. I have it open here on my window set to the year of 2021. So currently, it shows me that I gained 17.9k subs overall and my total views is around 460.9k. So I get stats roughly, yeah, like that's a huge number. That's almost half a million views. Almost, I mean, if you really round it up all the way, which is crazy to me. I I was really just hitting like <laughs> really low numbers of views every single day uh, when I was uploading for like a whole year. So if you think about it, I was only reaching maybe three views on average uh, up till February 2021. So that was eight months into my channel journey that was very normal for me i think if i reached a day that i had about 15 views that was abnormally high for me and all my videos then got less than 100 views each so that was super normal for me and i was getting really used to that so when i saw my i don't dream of labor video reaching like 10k 20k and it subsequently over the many months it reached 140k now i think uh it's insane to me because my favorite creators their videos would reach an average of like 100k each so to think that my video has been watched 
potentially by these creators. It's crazy. I mean, Leah's field notes mentioned my video. Like she was playing my video out loud in one of her on one of her vlogs. That was a huge, like crazy moment for me because uh people recognized my voice in that video and they were messaging me saying like, Oh my god, <laughs> like you are in this creator's video and I adore this creator. This is crazy. How how is this happening? And like I mentioned before, um, being a creator in Singapore, it isn't a very well-known field. So many people don't know exactly how the media, social media industry works. A lot of people don't know how the creator economy works. And I also didn't know any of this. Uh, I definitely still don't know a lot and I'm still trying to figure out how to do it here in Singapore. But that was really a huge, huge moment for me to recognize that my stuff was like getting somewhere and people were watching it um my favorite creators watching and talking about me uh, which is wild so that is my total views um and moving on to the revenue i know this is a pretty sensitive topic for some people again i know a lot of creators mentioned this in their videos talking about revenue that it really 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 depends on the content that you make as well as your audience like the watch time that people give to you and yeah and really 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 depends on the season as well so i made a total of 2.5k sing dollars uh like i did talk about in, in my earlier video i spent a majority on that on agent p because she had a few major health scares in the past few months and that totaled up to 2k so i pocketed a grand total of like 500 dollars for the entire year of 2021 uh, for my own expenses which has really helped in like the small things so um, my yeti mic which i bought for a hundred dollars secondhand was part of that reinvestment uh, and I also bought a webcam using that money for another hundred dollars so a lot of whatever I'm doing online is all just going back to the channel and I'm really not pocketing a lot of money it's really it's really very little compared to what effort that you're putting into the channel and I would say this is actually quite a lot um, considering that this was the first year that I was monetized a lot of people have shared in their journeys that up to their third or fourth year, they were making less than $100 on their channel for the whole entire year. So I am very, very blessed to have had this extra income this year. And that really gave me a lot of sense of ease, especially settling into my new identity as a guardian of a, a, a cat. You know, I mean, that's a totally new thing for me this year and financial worry was a huge thing for me when it came to like adopting agent p i was really afraid that i didn't have enough financial capacity to take care of her even though yes my family chipped in a lot for her expenses uh, but having this side income really really helped me in terms of like not worrying too much uh, about her expenses and just making sure that she was safe and healthy. So I'm really, really grateful for that. Honestly, it's been such a huge blessing uh, this year to do that. Now moving on to some of my other platforms, I want to talk a little bit about TikTok. So actually TikTok was an idea that I had separate to the whole Aneti Nook brand, I guess. Um, I started it as a 
kind of anonymous librarian page because I just wanted to recommend a lot of titles in the library that people were not picking up and I wanted it to be anonymous because back then I was still working in the public sector and I was really worried of getting into trouble but now I'm I don't think I'll ever go back into the public sector, so it's fine for me to say this. Uh, it started off as that kind of page, but eventually as I made my content on other platforms, I just thought it could just be my TikTok page. So that is the history of this page. Um, the branding of this page is a little bit different from the other platforms, precisely because of the way the algorithm works. So TikTok tends to promote more local content, it tends to promote a lot more localized trends as well so I was focusing a lot more on promoting local books and promoting a lot more of like local stuff talking more about Singapore, Singlish, um, things like that and being a lot more casual instead of being more informative like I am usually on my channel it's quite funny to see how the audiences are quite different on different platforms so I've had people actually recognize me in public due to my TikToks who have no idea that I have a YouTube channel uh, and this is a huge thing like different platforms really have different audiences and it's hard to make sure that you're not spreading yourself too thin when you're trying to make stuff for all these different audiences you don't have to honestly I don't want to put the pressure on anyone to feel like they have to push this themselves out there on all these different platforms for me I, I took it more as a challenge to see which platform I felt more comfortable in in terms of like my own creative expression but also which audiences I kind of enjoyed interacting with a lot more so this was all exploration currently I have 1924 followers and 29.5k likes. I don't know whether that really means anything, but my top few videos are books that I recommend to people about being educated about Singaporean issues. And then I have uh, a couple of videos on promoting uh, different local books. Very strangely enough, I got viral for a couple of GP-related content. If you don't know what GP is, it stands for General Paper, which is a A-level subject that JC students, junior college students here in Singapore take. Um, they are roughly around the ages of 17 to 18, and they take it as part of the Cambridge examinations in order to get to university. So it's a standard like English critical thinking subject. Uh, I did pretty well for it back when I was in JC and I was just talking about it on my profile and it got viral. I mean, <laughs> I really didn't expect that and I was talking a little bit more about GP while I was teaching the subject as a relief teacher uh, for a three-month stint in 2021. So that was a tangential point. I guess the fun part about TikTok is that it allows you to be a bit more personal and casual in the content that you make. So you don't necessarily have to stick to one. But of course, uh, if you are trying to hustle and make it big on TikTok, it does make sense to try and stick to a niche. Other than that, TikTok is an extremely addictive platform. Uh, sometimes when I try to film something for TikTok, I just end up scrolling on the app for like forever, <laughs> maybe like two hours or three hours. It's crazy. I mean, the algorithm really knows what you're looking for. Uh, and it helps in a way that it does promote your content pretty organically to audiences uh, that you might not have reached normally. I don't really have much to say about TikTok other than it was, it is fun, it's interesting. Um, but I do think it is pretty difficult to make quality content and to kind of understand 
what content will reach people. For some time, for some videos, they just don't reach anyone, and the views just stay really low for a long time. Uh, whereas for some videos, for just no apparent reason, they blow up. So it is kind of unpredictable, but I can see why the platform is very fun for creators. I do think it allows you to unleash your creativity in a way that's a bit more unhinged and a lot more casual. I mean, a lot more fun and I guess in a way authentic. So that's my take on TikTok. I am pretty excited to make more videos on TikTok though. And being on TikTok Live is a pretty interesting experience. I do think it's really different from other apps. So moving on to my Instagram, my bookstagram. They all have really different starting points. Like all my platforms have very different starting points. Um, and again, a very different audience. So I was making YouTube videos and I was also making a lot of Instagram posts. And these two things were being created you know, with no apparent link. So I was posting like full-on reviews of books that I wasn't I wasn't talking about on my YouTube. I was also making a lot of content on YouTube that I was not promoting on my Instagram because I just felt like the audiences were just so different. And I was really promoting my page, like an actual Instagram page. I was posting really frequently. I was posting uh, really just about books. So there was nothing personal on this page. Yeah. And it was just a full-fledged uh, account talking about books. Really, really different format from my YouTube. Uh, and it grew really well, I think, uh, organically. I'm pretty proud of my Instagram, actually. Uh, the photos I took and the edits, all of that, I really am proud of, I think, out of all my platforms. Because photography isn't, is, isn't easy. Uh, making books look good isn't easy. And... Scrolling through Bookstagram really makes me inspired by all the different creative ways that people want to promote books. And it's so wholesome because, you know, these are all people that just take time out of their day to make these books as appealing to you. They're literally not paid. Um, maybe they got a free book in return, but, you know, I don't know whether a free book is really worth all the hours that you spent reading the book and crafting your review and taking such a gorgeous picture of the books and uploading it uploading them and monitoring your posts that's a lot of work for just a free book but i guess for some people that's enough i just am in so much awe for all these creators on bookstagram because i feel like bookstagram is like the most serious platform yet it's like the least monetized platform so it's kind of interesting that you see the most serious hobbyists on Instagram. Uh, whereas on YouTube and on TikTok, I think a lot of people are much more on a business mindset. Uh, it's much more okay to want to be compensated uh, for your work in terms of like money, contracts, sponsorships, things like that. So my Instagram is currently at, uh, at 3,506 followers as of today, uh, recording on 7th January. I have a total of 176 posts. Uh, oh, I should check how many videos I have on YouTube. I think it's around 100, not too sure. But um, yes, I think for me, my Instagram, I don't really track it anymore. I don't really monitor my Instagram statistics anymore. Uh, I find it pretty hard to maintain, mostly because I don't really like the platform in the way that it pushes content out. And I also find it a bit difficult to review the books in a very concise way on just Instagram alone. So I do think it's useful to just kind of share updates 
but I don't think it's useful anymore as a platform to really go in depth uh, with regards to different books and to share like personal connections or to share links with other books. That's the thing that I always emphasize that like each book should be considered in its entirety and especially in relation to other books. Whereas on Instagram, it's very, very, very isolated. You can't really talk about different books in relation to each other. It's a lot more effort. Uh, and the pictures are pretty, yes, uh, but because pictures are more important than the captions, it's easy to gloss over the captions. It's easy to gloss over the content just for the appearances. I think that's the difficulty because I see so many Bookstagram uh, accounts where they have amazing reviews, uh, but because their photos are not as glamorous, that they don't just get the same reach as people who just take really pretty photos. Of course, these photos are great, but that kind of defeats the purpose of being a bookstagram review page. In the end, it's just a books books aesthetic page. Uh, if you kind of know what I'm getting at. So that's why I haven't been posting a lot on my bookstagram. Uh, not too sure whether I want to post much more personal stuff on bookstagram and treat it just as a online uh, archival diary thing, public diary thing, uh, if people might be interested in that. I honestly don't use the app a lot generally even in my own personal life i don't really use it as much uh, people are like oh Nat, you're so like mia <laughs> you don't even know what's going on in other people's lives uh, that's because i just really don't like uh the whole format of instagram i would rather text people and ask them what's going on uh, and i find that a lot more fun uh and a lot more you know intimate with friends that i want to be closer with you know <laughs> so yeah that is basically the three main platforms that i make content on and a general overview of the stats that i have i heard this advice from a content creator on youtube before saying that it's best to just start with two platforms and focus on that rather than trying to spread yourself thin and i agree with this point like this advice um i do think that i started off with youtube and Instagram in a way that was a bit hard to sustain. I mean, at the start, it was relatively easy for me to just focus on making uh, a lot of bookstagram posts. Uh, it was pretty easy for me to go out and take photos because I was still like commuting to work and I was still out and about. So it was easier for me to bring the books out and to take photos and to think about how to post these reviews uh, before I got really busy with my YouTube content. Uh, because my YouTube content was just an extension of the things that I, would do, I was doing on my bookstagram. So it wasn't too difficult. But I think at the point where my content started to evolve and it did take a lot more planning, it did take a lot more time to execute in terms of the filming but also editing and just generally maintenance of all these all this stuff, um, I had less time to really go out and take all these photos of books. And for me, I guess I am still someone who's quite visually driven. So if I don't really have good photos of the books, um, it's kind of less incentive for me to post about all these things on Instagram. And I also do think the platform isn't very um, motivating for a lot of creators because when you push content out there, it is quite difficult to get responses after a while. Like you will get responses in the first day of your stuff being out, but after that, your post is pretty much dead. Uh, so that was kind of my lesson about Instagram 
in the past year. I wouldn't really recommend it unless you do already have a pretty strong audience. I think it's fine to have an Instagram page that's did for a while as you build up an audience um, in different areas. So you might be building a more authentic connection with people on TikTok and then moving on to YouTube, doing a lot more thoughtful content there and yeah, sharing your insights and sharing a lot more in-depth stuff on YouTube. I still think it is a platform where people are allowed the most like the maximum bandwidth to really explore how they want to push the content out. And there's always an audience uh, for whoever, whatever you want to do. Yeah, so that's my takeaway on the three things. I have a couple of other content here and there. I mean, I have this podcast and I also have Dear Future, which uh, which is something that I don't know how I'm going to continue. I'm still trying to develop it. I still want to make sure that it's a thing. I'm not too sure how to develop it now because I find that the origin, the original intention for that podcast is a bit lost on me now. Uh, but if I can develop it into an interview style with other people that I would love to have a conversation with, that would be great. Uh, and then I am thinking of my newsletter as well, which is like has been a year in the making. I have a huge block when it comes to writing. Very strangely enough, I love books, I love reading, and I love videos, and I love all these kinds of things, and I do love writing in some way, I just never really publish my writing, uh, and I guess that's where the fear is really stemming from, because uh, I'm not so comfortable with the medium of publishing in terms of writing stuff out, uh, but that's really something I want to explore in the coming year as well, uh, trying to challenge myself as a writer. I hope all of this gives you a bit more insight into the content creating journey that I've had this year. I don't know how my stats will turn out for 2022. I'm pretty happy with what I've got right now and where I'm going with all this. I guess my only goal for 2022 is to figure out how to treat this whole thing as an actual as actual work um, and to make sure that I'm fairly compensated for my work and that I also treat myself like the proper creative that I am because that's a huge thing uh, that I've internalized here in Singapore and I think a lot of people have internalized as well. The idea of uh, employee, like what is an ideal form of an employee? What does a creative professional look like? I mean, there are all these very, very strong ideas and there's not a lot of people that pursue unconventional ways of doing all these even though they are completely legit and valid forms of employment but we don't really talk about that much in Singapore I think uh, we do lack uh, a comprehensive career education or guidance like system so <laughs> that's that I do think I want to spend 2022 being nice to myself as a as a manager like I want to manage myself well and I want to make sure that I flourish as a creative in whatever way I can find myself in uh, and I guess that also means that I want to pursue much more creative and artistic things hopefully this year not just digital stuff I've just been making videos online I want to make stuff as well like not saying that I want to develop products because I feel that's too commercial I kind of want just to explore what I can do with my hands in terms of like making goods uh, being artistic uh, and merging that with my love for reading. Uh, that would be interesting to see what happens out of that fusion. And if you hear a constant twinkling like in the background, that's Agent P having a good time eating and 
enjoying a good groom after her dinner. Uh, she did have to bother me for a pretty long time for me to serve her dinner, so I did. Uh, and yeah, it's pretty early still for her to be eating dinner, so I'm pretty surprised. But a cat's gonna do what a cat's gonna do, so yes. That's all for me uh, for today's episode. I hope it was interesting enough and insightful enough. I don't know whether any of you are potential content creators or if any of you are just like interested in the behind the scenes information when it comes to content creating. I think for myself, it was a huge journey to figure out what the term even meant for me. Like what does content creating even mean? I do think the term helps more than just the term influencer. I think a lot of people don't take the term influencer very seriously. They think it's just people looking pretty on a post and I guess at the start of the whole industry, the beginnings of the industry, it might have seemed that way but I do think that nowadays when you want to push stuff out on the internet, you do need to be held to a certain standard. Uh, I do think that people are looking out for thoughtful content and not just like a pretty face, although that still is a huge standard, uh, which I don't know whether we want to do away with that. <laughs> I think we should, um, but it's a lot less visual uh, centered and a lot more content heavy as well. And I still believe very strongly that people are looking for different voices and different perspectives at the end of the day like you just want someone who has good taste to tell you what to look towards and then you can ascertain for yourself whether you agree with that person's taste or not i still think that there's always going to be a role for that kind of person in any society i think that the internet gives us the tools to be that kind of person in our various interests for whoever might be interested. I think that's an amazing thing. Honestly, I didn't really think I'll be thinking or talking about any of this uh, back when I was in 2020, making my first few videos. I really never expected it to get to this stage. And I'm super happy and grateful always for every step of the journey um, that people have been supporting my content. Again, I never expected any of these outcomes so I'm really really grateful for it and I hope that you all can feel that because I think in every video I always want to express my sincere like gratitude for all the stuff like really I the fact that you all are watching and listening to me is a huge huge honor in my life and I always want to be thankful for that. So thank you so much if you have been listening to me or if you've been supporting my content for a long time. I truly, truly appreciate it. Yeah, so it's still a journey. I still think I have a long way ahead in terms of figuring out exactly what I want to do uh, in terms of my career progression or like what all of this really accounts to, uh, what all of this actually amounts to actually. Um, and it's been a huge learning experience at least. Uh, I don't think it has been the most profitable or lucrative thing I've done in my life. A lot of people might get into this whole journey thinking that they'll make a lot of money. But I just kind of want to stress that at the end of the day, um, it's not really about the money. Of course, it's important to be able to keep yourself afloat. Um, but being in this creative field, um, I do think you kind of have to have more ambition than just money. Uh, you kind of have to have a bigger ambition for a bigger message or like a bigger thing that you want to achieve uh, in the community sense or on a larger scale that this whole content creating journey can help you in that journey. Uh, and if you want to make a quick buck, 
it's not gonna really sustain you on these platforms because in the end um, we still want to live a life that is full of thriving things like we don't want to just be full of money but we also want to be full of life experiences um, you know books great lessons time with family and friends and if your content doesn't really reflect that in the long term uh, yeah it's gonna be really hard to keep that up I feel if you're just talking about if you're just thinking about money all the way okay so that's it from me uh, really this is the end of the podcast episode thank you so much for joining me uh, and I'll probably do one of these things again next year in 2023 it's kind of wild to think of 2023 i cannot even imagine it's 2022 it sounds too unreal um that many twos in a year that doesn't sound right (laughs) yeah uh i don't really have great expectations for this year i'm just gonna take it easy uh as we all know it's not that great to have too many high expectations when the year is just really gonna give you whatever it wants it's just gonna throw you off in any way possible so that's kind of my mindset towards this year is just really enjoy it and to really like find my way slowly but surely uh that's really what i want to keep uh in terms of my energy and my mindset this year so again thank you so much for joining me on this particular episode and if you enjoyed it uh don't forget to just uh share it with people i guess or to comment about it i really don't know how to engage on a podcast episode because it's just so random and there's really no direct way of talking to people (laughs) yeah but if you enjoyed it just let me know in my comments on anywhere you can find me that i would really really appreciate so again i hope you're having a good day if you're not i do hope you have a good night's rest uh, and i hope that the day after will treat you a lot better and if it doesn't well i do hope at least that you can treat yourself well wherever you are so again see you in the next episode until then take care bye Thank you.